Hi, this is Ananda, President of the Hare Krishna Community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. Hare Krishna. So we're going to start today with uh, Arjuna in despair. So the, if all of you who are if you're familiar with Bhagavad Gita, it takes place on a battlefield. A great battle and a war of succession to the throne is about to take place. And it's a, a fratricidal war. It's a, it's a, a war between close relatives. Actually, the, the, the main belligerents are, are cousins of each other. So it's not even distant relatives. It's very close ones. And, uh, and so as the battle is about to begin, Arjuna is looking on the other side, and he begins to have, to, sp- play, to put it mildly, certain reservations about what's about to happen. And, uh, and so we'll look, take a little bit about a look at what he says. Uh, you can see he's sitting there in, in despair and confusion. He tells Krishna, he says, My dear Krishna, Seeing my friends and relatives present before me in such a fighting spirit, I feel the limbs of my body quivering and my mouth drying up. My whole body is trembling, and my hair is standing on end. My bogandiva is slipping from my hand, and my skin is burning. So serious physiological effects here. It's not some small problem he's having. He says, I am unable to stand here any longer. I am forgetting myself, and my mind is reeling. I foresee only evil. O killer of the Keshi demons. And he concludes the chapter, he says, I would consider it better for the sons of Dhritarashtra, that's his cousins, to kill me unarmed and unresisting rather than fight with them. And the narrator Sanjay says, Arjuna, having thus spoken on the battlefield, cast aside his bow and arrows and sat down on the chariot, his mind overwhelmed with grief. So it's serious. He's got a serious problem. What he's seeing before him, you know, it's, it's so hor- horrible that it's causing him all these different physiological effects. And, uh, but there's something really intriguing about the situation that he's in. We, we may not have been in quite exactly a setting like that, but we've all had distress and things that have caused us to be, you know, wish something, something were some other way than it is. But Arjuna's particular situation that's unique is he's sitting on the chariot with Krishna, who's God himself. Now, generally, if we have some difficulty, Krishna says that people who have difficulties or people who have needs will approach him. It's natural for us when we're in some distress that we'll go to God and have him relieve it. We may even give some regard to God as a preemptive thing that if we keep Give him some, <laughs> giving him a little worship and concern and prayer. Maybe he'll prevent things like this from happening in the first place. We think, you know. And, and here they are, they're, they're friends. Here's, here's a close friend of Krishna. Right? So how is it that he's, he's facing this kind of a situation? Right? Shouldn't Krishna have you know, arranged for something else? That's what we would think. Yeah? Why is it happening to me? Right? We think that when things happen like that. And actually, Arjuna, he's very polite about it. The Vedic culture tends to be very polite. And he kind of mentions that to Krishna. <laughs> he hints that, hey, 
<laughs> this isn't supposed to happen this way. And he calls him Govinda in, uh, in, in uh, text 32 and 35. It's 32, actually, where it happens. Um, he, call, he refers to him as Govinda. And uh, Srila Prabhupada, he, he comments, he says, Arjuna has addressed Lord Krishna as Govinda because Krishna is the object of all pleasures for the cows and the senses. Go can mean the senses or it can mean cows. So one who gives pleasure to, to the, the cows of the senses. So by using this significant word, Arjuna indicates what will satisfy his senses. Materially, he says, everyone wants to satisfy his senses and he wants God to be the order supplier for such satisfaction. So he said, my senses are not pleased right now. I'm getting all the kind of input that, that, that's freaking me out. Right? So he said, well, Govinda, why, you know, why aren't you doing something about that? I'm with you, you're my friend. Why? Why is it happening that way? So, But later on, at the end of the Bhagavad Gita, after Krishna has spoken, this is, this is, this is the whole, you know, what prompts Krishna to speak the Bhagavad Gita to try to address Arjuna's situation. We see Krishna, Arjuna in a completely different mode. In text 73, in the 18th chapter, he says, My dear Krishna, O infallible one, my illusion is now gone. I have regained my memory by your mercy, and I am now firm and free from doubt, and am prepared to act according to your instructions. Now it's notable here that the circumstances have not changed. His plea to Govinda to change the circumstances are exactly the same. He's about to engage in the battle. The same people are about to die. But suddenly he has this composure, he's, he's sober. What happened? Hmm? Well, the hint is given there, in, in, as he calls him here, the infallible, infallible one. So Krishna has, has, has given him a, a number of instructions, and we, can, we wouldn't have time to go through them in detail in a, in a, in a short little talk like this. But basically the, the, the foundation of it was, is he said that he told Arjuna that we're not mortal beings, but we're eternal beings. We're eternal souls that live forever. And so if you're going to look at, at a situation and decide whether it's harmful or helpful or neutral, you have to look at the long term. And Krishna has already given him assurances that he's the suradam sarvadehinam. He's the friend, the well-wishing friend of all living beings and in control of everything. And so, he so Arjuna understands that Krishna has a certain plan here that will benefit everybody long term. Maybe some people are going to die here, and that's not, still not going to be pleasing to Arjuna, but that actually something is going to happen that's going to be useful. And so he becomes more co confident and comfortable with doing this thing which so much disturbs his mind. Um, and actually it's, it's given that, it's, uh, that he was right if he thought that way, which he seemed to do. In the, in the, Srimad, in the Srimad Bhagavatam, in the third canto, it says that certainly others who were fighters on the battlefield of Kurukshetra were purified by the onslaught of, Krishna's, of Arjuna's arrows. And while seeing the lotus-like face of Krishna, so pleasing to the eyes, they achieved the abode of the Lord. So according to, according to the, the, the Bhagavatam, the battle wasn't a huge slaughter 
but rather a festival of liberation. And one of the other main currents of, of, of Krishna's teachings in the Bhagavad Gita is that life on this plane, in this world, has certain inherent weaknesses that cannot be rectified. And two important ones are that you never can find full satisfaction. Because if you, if you reflect upon all the happiness that you've had in your life, where is it all right now? Shouldn't you be fully satisfied if you could accumulate and accumulate and accumulate? But somehow there's always something else required, something else needed. You get bored with what you have, you get tired of it, you want something else. And the other thing is mortality. That whatever situation you have, this, this subtle time is going on. If you wake up in the morning and you look at yourself in the mirror, I mean, it might be frightening, but, but say, say you manage to, to do that, you look the same, you're the same level of frightening today as you were yesterday. You look exactly the same. You can't detect any difference. But I think sometimes, like on Facebook, they're doing the 10 year challenge, right? Where they, you post a photograph, you know, well, we, after 10 years, you see a difference. But day by day, you can't see it. So it's happening very subtly. Everything we have is, is transforming and going away. So these two, and there's others, but those two, two particular things make life on this plane unsatisfying and, and not very uh, tasteful. And so Krishna, he mentions, in many places he talks about this. He says, uh, he says, one who knows, this is in Bhagavad Gita chapter 4, one who knows the transcendental nature of my appearance and activities does not, upon leaving the body, take his birth again in this material world, but attains my abode, O Arjuna. And he says, that abode of mine is not illumined by the sun or moon or by electricity. One who reaches it never returns to this material world. So he, and almost from the beginning, actually his, the, he gives his initial instruction in chapter 2, text 14. He, tell, he tells Arjuna that he, sh he should be tolerant of what's happening. His, his, he should be tolerant of, tolerant of the things that are coming in through his senses. Like, like, like this frightful thing that's about to happen. He should be tolerant of that, he said. These things are changing. Sometimes they're, sometimes they're pleasant, sometimes unpleasant, but we have to do what we're supposed to do and be tolerant of these things. And he says, if you do that, he says, right then, you can, you can achieve, if you're successful in doing that, where he says, where happiness and distress seem the same, he says, then there's no death. There's amrit. There's no death. So he's, he talks, right, immediately he talks about this, this, this status of, of being out of this world. And he brings it back again and again and again and again and again. And so it says that the people that were on the battlefield, they achieved that situation. Hmm? Now, the title of the talk was from despair to bliss and so we see the despair is gone for Arjuna he's, he's doing alright but there's not clear signs, I believe there's bliss underneath but there's not clear signs of that given right yet so he's sobriety, he's resigned to it and so, so what about the, what about the, uh, um, the bliss there's still something remaining it seems like and, uh, and actually it's interesting is that there's many people, and we even even it's given to us in Bhagavad Gita and given to us if if we read uh, if we read um, uh, Srila Prabhupada's translations of the Bhagavad Gita, he'll talk a lot about this this notion 
Uh, yet we have, the, we have his, his magazine, Back to Godhead magazine, that, that emphasizes this notion of getting out of this world, uh, and Christ, uh, emphasizing how there are struggles in this world and, and how we want to get out of it. Hmm? But uh, uh, there's a verse in the Bhagavatam that indicates that there's... That that, well, that's nice. And actually, actually, all these things, if we approach, approach Krishna because we're in distress, if we need something, or if we want to, want to get out of this world... Uh, that's that's recommended in the Srimad Bhagavatam. There's a famous verse: if you have all desires or no desires, a desire for liberation, then, then strongly, tivrena, strongly worship the Lord. Uh, that brings us into contact with with Krishna. Uh, but we already found out that there's something better than than removing your dis- distress and getting your happiness. There's liberation, and apparently there's something more than that, according to the Srimad Bhagavatam. It says, a pure devotee does not accept, this is from the third canto, this is spoken by uh, Lord Kapila. A pure devotee does not accept any kind of liberation, salokya, sarshti, samipya, sarupya, or ekatva, even though they are offered by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So let's, the salokya, sa means the same, same planet. So you reside on the same planet as God. Uh, sarshti means you have the same kind of opulence he does. Not the same power, but you, have, you, 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 live, in, you live in a high lifestyle. <laughs> and Samipi, you're close to him. Hmm? And Sarupi means you have the same form. Hmm? And oftentimes these, these are multiple ones are, are there at the same time. You have the same form on the same planet and this sort of stuff happened together. And Ikatva means you, you merge into the body and disappear. And so even though Krishna was saying, right, you, if, you, if you know who I am in truth, you come to my, you come to my planet. Here it's saying, hmm, the devotees are saying, yeah, that's not so great. So what could be greater than that, than an eternal life? Prabhupada says in, in the spiritual world, the, the one word for it is vaikunta, no anxiety. Everything is nice. There's no, there's no difficulties. Eternal, happy life. Eternal. With all kinds of facilities. No shortages of anything. Just happiness. Could there be something better than that? It seems so. There are strong hints, and this is what we're going we're to take a look at a little further. And this is hinted at, at the end of the Bhagavad Gita. This is, these two verses here, 70, chapter 18, 76, and 77, are spoken by Sanjaya. The, uh, the narrator, he, he had this power to remotely view. He was distant from the battlefield, but he could, he could see it and hear it. And he was relating it to his... his uh, he was the servant of Dhritarashtra, the, uh, the Arjuna's uncle. And he was blind. He was serving as a regent because he had taken the, the post of king because the children were too young. His brother had died. His brother, the king, had died, and he took over. But he was blind, so he couldn't fight. So he was sitting away from the battlefield, but he was curious about what was going on. And so Sanjay was able to remotely view it and hear everything. And so he was reciting that to Dhritarasa, giving him a blow-by-blow description of what was happening. And so he says, so now that, that, the, that the discussion is over, the Bhagavad Gita is over, he says to, to, uh, to Dhritarasa, O king, as I repeatedly recall this wondrous and holy dialogue between Krishna and Arjuna, I take pleasure being thrilled at every moment. And, O King, when I remember the wonderful form of Lord Krishna, I am struck with even greater wonder, and I rejoice again and again. 
So what I'm going to, to suggest to you here, and we're going to see confirmation of it, is that God is certainly valuable for what he can provide and do for us, including giving us eternal facility to be happy, to remove our, to maybe remove some current struggle we have, give us something that we need, take us out of this world and give us a, an eternal life of happiness. So he certainly has great value in that. But there are those who think that that's not the real value that he has. That Krishna himself is the real valuable thing. So let's look a look. We'll look at some... And here, uh, Srila Prabhupada says, this is, this is from his commentary on the Srimad Bhagavatam. He says, For the whole duration of our life, we go on seeing different forms in the material world, but none of them is just apt to satisfy the mind, nor can any one of them vanish all perturbance of the mind. These are the special features of the transcendental form of the Lord, and one who has once seen that form is not satisfied with anything else. Hmm. And then we'll look at, at two, two uh, famous devotees in history who saw the form of the Lord and in, in, in in, saw them in the proper way. And you'll see the reaction. So the first one was, there are, two, there are actually two children. Uh, the first one is Dhruva. And, and interestingly, his idea at first was to get something. He was, he was uh, the son of the king, but he wasn't going to succeed to the throne. And he thought unfairly he was being kept from that. And he became angry. And his mother told him, well, if you really, you know, there's nothing I can do, nothing can be done. You have to go to the God. He's the only one that can help you. And so he went and was very determined. And he was going to ask, he wanted to have a, he wanted to have a kingdom better than his father. <laughs> when somebody insults you, you want to you one-up them. You know, not just, he doesn't want to succeed to the throne. That's, that's small stuff. He wants something bigger and better. Give me something better. You know, that's, how, that's how we do it. And he's going to show them. You know, don't mess with me. And, and so, and so he, he does it. And finally, he says that, that actually, actually the Lord came in front of him. And says, when Dhruva Maharaj saw his Lord just in front of him, he was greatly agitated and offered him obeisances and respect. He fell flat before him like a rod and became absorbed in love of Godhead. Dhruva Maharaj, in ecstasy, looked upon the Lord, and he's laying down like this flat, as if he were, this is what he's thinking in his mind, as if he were drinking the Lord with his eyes, kissing the lotus feet of the Lord with his mouth and embracing the Lord with his arms. He, this is he's, it's as if, so he's thinking like that. This is his desire. He's, and and he's, he's not thinking anymore about this kingdom. In fact, in, in the, in the, it's the Hari Bhakti Sudodoy, he says, he, he says, my Lord, he says, I was looking for pieces of broken glass. Not valuable. But I found a jewel. And so all of it, he had no further desire from him. He didn't want to have the kingdom that he had he'd spoken. He, he had the Lord. And in a similar way, um, Narad Muni, in his, pre, in his previous life as a child, he, was, he had association of great devotees and he was, uh, learned how to meditate deeply. And he says, as soon as I began to meditate upon the lotus feet of the personality of Godhead, with my mind transformed in transcendental love, 
tears rolled down my eyes. And without delay, the personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna, appeared on the lotus of my heart. O Vyasadeva, at that time, being exceedingly overpowered by feelings of happiness, every part of my body became separately enlivened. Being absorbed in an ocean of ecstasy, I could not see both myself and the Lord. And Srila Prabhupada, he comments, he says, he says, after seeing the Lord, all the senses become fully awakened to render service unto the Lord because in the liberated state, the senses are fully efficient in serving the Lord. As such, in that transcendental ecstasy, it so happened that the senses became separately enlivened to serve the Lord. So Krishna is so amazing. I know, have you ever had that experience where there, where there is somebody that inspires you so much you just want to do something for them? And maybe, you know, we, we, had this, we had this one child in, when I lived in Detroit. He's a little, adorable little fellow. And his parents would take him to the corner store. Strangers would want to buy him candy. They didn't know him. It's, oh, look at these. Just, and if he would be happy, they, oh, they would just be so happy. They, he would kind of politely smile and take the candy. You know, and they, oh, they would just be, you know. Oh. Right, so there's, there's sometimes when, when, when someone is just so dear to you that it's natural for you to want to do something. It's, it's like you, you, you feel like you, it's, it's just a debt of gratitude. You Automatically, it's not even thinking about it. You just have to do something for them. So this is what was happening with, with, uh, with uh, Narada Muni. He saw Krishna and he's so wonderful. You know, just off the charts. That so he wanted to do something for him in every possible way. So his whole existence basically is, 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 is waking up. He wants to do something. And he's so focused on Krishna that he can't even think about himself. He says, what can I do for them? And if this person is happy, I'm happy. And Prabhupada, coming, coming back to the Govinda part, right? Prabhupada says in, in, in one of his commentaries on the, in that, that, same, that same verse of the Bhagavad Gita where Arjuna called him Govinda, he says, although Govinda is not meant for satisfying our senses, if we try to satisfy the senses of Govinda, then automatically our own senses are satisfied. So, I mean, from, from the way it sounds, right, that, that, that Krishna is automatically, he, he, he's, he's not going to maybe give us what we asked for. But we don't care. <laughs> because now he's there. So he is so satisfying to the senses that we want to then just do something for him. We, it's, it's, it's like we owe something to him just for, just for existing. And then if he and if we do that, that makes us feel even happier. Hmm? So what's better than eternal happiness and contentment? Love. For the other is so valuable that just by their existence you have complete fulfillment. In fact, more than that. And all you want to do is, is show some gratitude. To make them happy too. So, 
So I was looking, because we were talking about Arjuna's journey from, dis, from despair to bliss, and I wanted to, we haven't talked about him directly in bliss yet. We, we, saw him in, we saw him in despair, we saw him having regained his composure, right? But then there's, then there's a, I wanted to show him in bliss. And uh, there was a time when Krishna left this world. And, uh, and Arjuna had to bring the news back to his brother Yudhisthira that Krishna had gone. And externally, actually, it looked like he was in despair. It looked like the journey was from despair to despair. You see, if you, the, you probably can't see it highly, but he's, he's, remembering, he's, rec- he's remembering all those activities that he had with Krishna. And he's telling his brother Yudhisthira, and there's a little tear coming from his eye. Uh-huh. And so actually it looks like he's in despair again. But, um, and so this is what he says to, to Yudhisthira. He says, Remembering Lord Krishna and his well wishes, benefactions, intimate familiar relations, and his chariot driving, Arjuna, overwhelmed and breathing very heavily, began to speak. This is this. There's a whole long. We we can't go through the whole thing, so I picked just a few verses. But he has this whole meditation on Krishna. He says, "I have just lost him, whose separation for a moment would render all the universes unfavorable and void, like bodies without life." So you can see what how he values Krishna. He says, all universes. Without Krishna, what is the use of his life? Who cares about eternal happiness even? This is how wonderful Krishna is to him. And he says, O king, his joking and frank talks were pleasing and beautifully decorated with smiles. His addresses unto me as, O son of Prata, O friend, O son of the Kuru dynasty, and all such hardiness are now remembered by me, and thus I am overwhelmed. And so the indication there is not just Krishna's form, but he has charm and personality. He's not, not just beautiful. But how sweetly he was acting with Arjuna. Oh, my friend. And so he was remembering that, how his touching activities. Hmm? And so Prabhupada says here in, in his commentary in that section, he says, the feeling of separation from the Lord is undoubtedly painful to the devotee. But because it is in connection with the Lord, it has a specific transcendental effect which pacifies the heart. Feelings of separation are also sources of transcendental bliss. Hmm. Looking a little bit further on, um, yeah, this, this is from the this is also from the third canto of the Bhagavatam. The manifestation of unadulterated devotional service is exhibited when one's mind is at once attracted to hearing the transcendental name and qualities of the supreme personality of Godhead who was residing in everyone's heart. Just as the water of the Ganges flows naturally down towards the ocean, such devotional ecstasy, uninterrupted by any material condition, flows towards the Supreme Lord. So now we're, because now the question may arise, though, what the practical value of all these things? Yeah, what if, we, if, if the Lord isn't present before us, what can we do? Hmm? But it says that, that, that there's the attraction to hearing the transcendental name and qualities of the Supreme God. 
produces such things. And, um, and, and, and in regard to his, his qualities, see, this is the interesting thing. Okay, there, there, is, there is Krishna who's the most, actually Krishna is the most wonderful possible being. Because he has eternity, he has infinite power, and he has in, infinite intelligence. So you think about it, if, 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 I, if I give you, even if I give you all the power possible, you can make any world you want. This is what Krishna can do. He can, he can make a whole different world right now if he wants. Make everything different, himself and everything else different. He has that kind of power. What if I, if I gave you that power and I didn't give you greater intelligence and imagination and creativity? It's limited what you could do with it. There's a, a funny story that Srila Prabhupada's spiritual master used to tell. He said that there, there was this one poor person who was working as a, he was pulling barges along a canal. And the path was rocky and it would hurt his feet. And so someone you know, gave him a, he said, if you could have a wish, you know, what, what would you get? And he said, well, I would, I would put mattresses down along the path so that my feet don't hurt. He didn't think, like, get me out of this job. <laughs> Right? right, so so we have to have the imagination also, right? and then also, there, uh, also if, if maybe we have to do it really quickly. You know, make, decide now what to do now. But so Krishna's got all those things: full power, full creativity, and imagination, and intelligence, and he's got eternity, so he can he can, he can tweak it if he needs to. <laughs> no problem. Right? So he his ex, he is the most amazing. Possible entity, and we notice that if people are, you know, high up in society or revered, you know, they don't always deal with the little people very well. If you want, if you want to go see the mayor, you know, of your city, you know, you can't just walk in you know, with the speaker of you know your your senator or your <laughs> you know, whatever. You, know, you can't, you know. And just the fact that, that people can go to, to God in the first place and ask for something shows that, that He's somehow inclined towards us. Hmm? And so one of the in, important characteristics and qualities of Krishna is how He is inclined towards us little beings. And so Srila Prabhupada here says, the conclusion is, that the Lord is so compassionate upon the fallen souls within this material world that he comes himself or sends his devotees and his servants to fulfill his desire to have all the fallen souls come back home, back to Godhead. How did we find out about Krishna? We're far away. Hmm? And then he says, the Lord is reciprocally respondent to his devotees when he sees that a devotee is completely sincere in getting admittance to the transcendental service of the Lord and thus has become eager to hear about him, the Lord acts from within the devotee in such a way that the devotee may easily go back to him. And he says, the Lord is more anxious to take us back into his kingdom than we can desire to do so. And then at the very, also at the end of the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna gives, he, he gives this very important instruction to Arjuna. And he says, because you are my very dear friend, I am speaking to you the most confidential part of knowledge. Hear this for me, for it is for your benefit. And the, this word here where it says, you are very dear to me, ishtasi, 
The ishta means it means it's a it's a one of the words for love in Sanskrit, but it carries with it the connotation of longing. So he's, this is for your benefit, but also for his. He wants to come closer to Arjuna. He he Krishna wants to come closer to us, because this, this 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 is offered to everybody. So he's the most amazing, and he wants to deal with every, each and every one of us. He says he's in the heart of everybody. Why? Why does he have to be in every heart? Because even if we neglect him, he's not going to leave us. His friendship is, is unwavering. And so he tells her, he says, always think of me and become my devotee. Worship me and offer your homage unto me. Thus you will come to me without fail. I promise you this, because you are my very dear friend. He says, he wants that. Please come closer to me. He wants that. So how to do it, right? How, how, do we, how do we get closer to Krishna? We may not be able to meditate like, uh, like uh, Narad Muni did and Dhruva Maharaj, he did all these, you know, he was also meditating and doing all these great austerities. Maybe we can't do that to see him. Of course, we can see him on the altar. But also Prabhupada says, the Lord is so kind to us that he can be present before us personally in the form of transcendental sound but unfortunately, we have no taste for hearing and glorifying the Lord's name and activities. And at the very last verse I want to show you is, is this, this, this is where I got the bliss from. <laughs> I went to bliss. This, this is hiding in the middle of the Bhagavad Gita in chapter 10, text 9. It says, The thoughts of my pure devotees dwell in me. Their lives are surrendered to me. And they derive great satisfaction and bliss. So Ramanti, it says, Tashanti, satisfaction, and Ramanti, bliss enlightening one another and conversing about me. So simply by having a connection with Krishna's name, we have Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. And we have, we have, so, we have the whole Srimad Bhagavatam, we have the Krishna, the Supreme Personality of God, filled with descriptions of Krishna and his activities and his interactions with devotees. So if we have been thinking of the Lord in primarily in terms of what he can provide for us. That's sanctioned by the scripture, that's all right. But I will humbly submit to you that you are missing out if you remain only thinking of Krishna that way. That the actually most valuable thing is not what Krishna can give, but Krishna himself. That Krishna's existence, the fact that Krishna exists, and the fact that he wants to have a connection with us, is more wonderful, more extraordinary, more desirable than any desire that we have ever had, will have, or could have. We cannot conceive of anything anywhere near that wonderful. It is completely mind-blowing. And we have the opportunity to connect with Krishna and begin to appreciate that part of him. Through, again, through the, his name and through things that are written about him in the scriptures and the interactions between him and his devotees, we can begin to hear that. When we chant Hare Krishna, we can, we can, we can just make that plea to Krishna that I know you are there. I already know that you're interested in me. Now I have some interest in you.
I understand on good authority <laughs> that you are the most wonderful thing possible. And I don't know you very well at this point. But I want to. And if we read and hear in that way, we will begin, we will feel a response from Krishna. There's no doubt about it. And that's the beginning of love. We will feel that response and then we will want to do more. And so the, 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 what Krishna has invented for himself is he has created a world where his only thought is how to make his devotees happy and their only thought is how to make him happy. Love, real love. That's that's You're so captivated by the other that you simply want to do something for them. There's no personal kind of happiness that compares to that. We, we know that. You've, you've experienced sometimes the pleasure of giving. But because we're still empty, we can't sustain that always. But in the presence of Krishna, there's no emptiness. It's simply mind-blowing. But that's open to us. This is the bliss that's open to us. That we're, that we're, it's, we have access to that. So, anyway, I thank you kindly for your attention, and we'll uh, can take any comments or questions, and if you must, complaints. Uh, <laughs> we have a mic- microphone will come because we're recording this. So. Just one, one second, Prabhu. Hare Krishna, thank you, Prabhu. What a wonderful class. I don't think I've ever heard uh, so much, uh, such a large topic condensed so nicely and organized so amazingly. And I've been in about 20 years. I don't think I've ever heard a class like this in my life. Thank you very much. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> you, you have a real ability to describe quickly and succinctly and clearly uh, stories of Druva and so many mm. things you just brought right in. I'm just, just amazing. Thank you for um, that. I'm, I feel so inspired when I hear it. And uh, I feel... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be a devotee, but mm-hmm. there's this tendency of laziness in me, a tendency that when I walk away from the temple, I'll, I tend to forget things. Mm-hmm. How have you been so many years in a movement to keep yourself enthusiastic and retaining this and always mm-hmm. pushing and striving? Actually, it's natural that, 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 that we, have, we have ups and downs in that. that that's expected. You know, Lord Chaitanya... His, his, the Shikshastakam, he, he gives actually an outline of the whole process of devotional service. And there's that second verse. So it's one of eight. And two of the verses actually describe prema. And so if he includes something, it has to be important. And so he, 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 said, he says, I have nanuragaha. You have given me the name, your holy name. You've invested it with all your potencies. It's free. You've just given it to me. And I, due to my misfortune, do not have taste for it. I'm, instead, of, instead of anuraga, strong taste, I have nanuraga. And so this, this, is, this is expected. That we, actually there's a whole stage of bhakti called anishtata sadhana bhakti. Unsteady. And so they're, they're, because we have a great deal of momentum. We've been in this world a long time. And we have certain ways of thinking and feeling and acting that are going with us from lifetime to lifetime. So we've discovered something new. We've appreciated it. 
and we've experienced it. That's why we're still doing it. But there, there's an opposite pull. And so you'll notice that when, when, when our attraction for Krishna and spirituality goes up, just magically all the other attractions go down. And the other thing happens when we, when we get distracted away from it. So the, the idea is we, you know, we hope to, to continue. You know, when, the, when we're more absorbed, we want to deepen that. And when we're the other way, we try, we try to catch ourselves and, 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 and try to pray. And we pray that for Krishna's help. The one thing that's a fact is that, is that we do not have the ability to, to go back to Krishna. It's, it's a path of grace. And our activities in Krishna consciousness, our practice, our sadhana, is meant to be gratitude for what we've received. So sometimes we take a, an achievement mentality. Okay, this is really exciting. I'm going to chant and I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And that's nice, but we, we do it because we've received something wonderful. But then what happens if we, if we don't open our hearts to Krishna and also admit the other, the other half of ourselves? We've got, we, you know, we've got the side. We, 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 really, we really want Krishna. It's true. But then we all want these other things. you know. And, and sometimes we think, oh, I've got to push that down. But instead we should bring that to Krishna. So Krishna, I'm a wreck. <laughs> I got this, I really want this, and I got this. That's hurting me. Please help me with that. And Krishna can help us. You know, so it's, it's, it's really the, the path of helplessness. We want, actually, there's a desire that we want to achieve something. We want to become a saint. We want to actually get Krishna. But Krishna can't be deserved. He can't be earned. He can't be. But he'll help us. Prabhupada was mentioning that you know, in one of, one of the verses here. So, so it's expected. So that sh- shouldn't you shouldn't freak out about that. We shouldn't freak out about that. It happens. That's what it is. But we can. We have hope to overcome that. And then the fact that we're staying, staying, staying in it, besides, despite having those things, means that we do have a sincere desire for Krishna. Hmm? So, hmm. <laughs> Hare Krishna.